the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On the NASDAQ at S-A-L-M. In market size. Draw black your money. It's going to be quite a week, to say the least. It's Monday. The opening bell has been alive and well for less than an hour. But it's going to be a big week. Presidential election on Tuesday. Some polls see it as a dead heat between Mr. Obama and Mr. Romney. Let's hope that it's not a hanging Chad contested election. We'll talk a little fiscal cliff debate on the show today. On Wednesday, the Greek parliament holds a key vote on structural reforms, the outcome of that vote on a 2013 austerity budget. Coming up on Sunday is going to determine if Greece receives its next bailout set of money or will it fail. No votes from the Greek parliament would stir up the breakup tempest and that Eurozone teapot yet again. Wednesday of this week, I'm doing a Black Wednesday, which is the first Wednesday of every month. chance for you to come meet me and some of my friends from KDOW Radio. It's very much so off the cuff. It's very much so non-formal. So, um, talking, bring your portfolio. Leave a copy of it with me, and I'll get you two or three paragraph re- review of it about two or three days afterwards. It's November 7th, Wednesday night from 5 to 7 at the Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar, Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar from 5 to 7 on Wednesday evening. So, kind of got a big week, don't we? Spain's under pressure today amidst a report that the ECB is reviewing its own rules determined if it broke them in lending to Spain's banks on such generous terms. The ultimate issue here revolves around the quality of the collateral used in granting the loans. So the German markets, or the European markets in Germany, has a long way to go. German Chancellor Angela Merkel, she said on Friday that she thinks the European crisis could still be five years from resolution. That's kind of a... How shall we say? Not good. Uh, what else we got? Big old message out there is that we're still in an earnings environment that's weak right now. Fourth quarter growth estimates continue to be revised lower, and they stand now at about 6.4% earnings growth versus 9.5% at the end of the third quarter. So just the last two weeks, we've come down a good drop. The election uncertainty could hold things in check today. I love how many people are saying on media reports saying that they think they that they're calling for certain wins by certain parties. And you ask them how or why and just just a feeling. That's horrific. Some uh, big earnings out today from Humana, Time Warner, Cisco, the trucking company. Earlier today, Transocean reported better than expected results. Japanese car manufacturer Toyota nudged up its four-year expectations. Good for Toyota. Keep in mind, things got really lowered during tsunami time. What do we have here? We got the SP 500 down five, the Nasdaq down three, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 49. Netflix has adopted a shareholder rights plan today. A move coming just days after activist investor Carl Icahn announced a 10% stake in the company. Does he have a plan to sell the company? Does he have a plan to oust management? He can come in and move a stock up just by his name. That poison plan will pull the stock back down unless he can get some other shareholders to take large positions or get other large shareholders to take his position, which we still don't know what it is. A lot of pundits agree 
that there's going to be a monumental shift in Congress. Some seats might change parties here and there. And ultimately, Congress is going to remain a divided house. So Republicans are going to maintain control of the House of Representatives. Democrats are probably going to keep the Senate. So it's fun stuff, right? Um, I will do a little bit more on politics later in the show. I just I think we'll politicked out already. Target today up one percent, leading the retail sector higher. J.P. Morgan upgraded the stock to overweight from neutral. I actually went into a Target. I know you're saying, no, you didn't. I actually did Um, this weekend. Pretty crowded. Pretty efficient little store. Christopher Horvers at J.P. Morgan said the stock's position for outperformance in 2013, based on accelerating profit growth over the next two years. The company's holiday strategy, including an exclusive collection partnership with luxury chain Neiman Marcus, could help target drive some traffic during the crucial December time frame. Remember my opinion? Saying that you love someone doesn't mean that you love someone. Actions speak louder than words. If you want to get me some gifts, all I'm going to say is actions speak louder than words. You know, for the record, that's never worked. Um, Apple hired today. Shares are up about 7 bucks. They sold 3 million iPads over the first three days that the iPad Mini and the fourth-generation iPad were on sale. I know you're saying fourth-generation iPad. Yeah, yeah, now you can buy it with that new power cord. But did the iPad 3 just come out a month ago? Yeah, 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 and that's got some people pissed who bought it. Let's see. Hit that story. Hit that story. Um, stifle. Stifle Financials agreed to acquire KBW. The deal price would be split into $10 in cash. Yeah, it's just not enough of a story. Sorry. I'm going to take that one back. Do over. Okay, Tesla, electric car maker, which I don't care what you say. You could say that their cars are all that in a bucket of chicken, and I do believe their cars are all that in a bucket of chicken, and I like chicken. But to me, they're still a manufacturer, and I don't like manufacturers. They reported a third quarter loss of $110 million buck share versus last year's $65 million. Analysts were looking for a little bit less of a loss. They delivered more than 250 of its Model S sedans to the top upper end of the range that they said they would. So they're manufacturing a little bit better than they said they would, which is a thing that you have to throw out there. As that's not a lot of cars. 250 cars in the quarter. You know, Tesla shares are, are holding up and really beautiful stands. I think if this was a 2002 play, it would be a lot easier to sell a $3 billion market cap than it is at this point to me. Again, I'm a show me the money kind of guy. If you want to lend them money, great. If you want some private insider shares, great. But if you want to own the common stock, I think you're basically funding their losses. Humana, the big old healthcare company, reported net income fell 4.3%. They lifted their earnings outlook for the full year, though. They agreed to pay $11 a share for a company called Metropolitan Health Networks. They earned $426 million. Humana is going to acquire a you know, medical care provider. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. It's Rob Black and Your Money. Don't forget, Wednesday evening, come out and meet me from 5 to 7. Let's talk a little politics Wednesday evening, how you saw it play out. It's going to be at the Menlo Grill. You can sign up. You don't even have to sign up. You can get more information at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. See you tomorrow night from 5 to 7, at the, or Wednesday night from 5 to 7 at the Menlo Grill. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Don't forget to join me tomorrow night in Menlo Park, the Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar from 5 to 7. Bring a copy of your portfolio. There will be other financial experts there as well. Very, very super informal. Have a beer or two and uh, stay for dinner for sure. Uh, say hello. Looking forward to chatting with you, to say the least. A couple things I want to talk about. A little politics. Um, and this isn't me being political in any way, shape, or form. This is me showing you how money works and how we're looking at things. You know, it's the election. It's here. It ruins TV watching for a whole night as you get sucked into the CNN coverage. You know, who's going to be the next commander-in-chief? Could there be an upset? Could the swing states swing the way of the challenger? I'll tell you what, Obama's got a pretty good argument about the automakers and the jobs in Ohio. Where one out of nine jobs are tied towards the auto industry. It's going to be tough to upset that one. So consensus right now is that Congress is going to remain a bicameral House divided. Republicans maintaining control of the House of Representatives. Democrats keeping control of the Senate. Presidential race, very, very close. It may be a situation where some states get challenged. And the election's not confirmed for weeks. 270 electoral votes are needed for election. Ohio's got 18 electoral votes, so it's a key battleground state. Ohio voters have correctly picked the president's election or the president in the last 11 elections. No Republican candidate has ever won the White House without winning Ohio. And the last Democrat to win the presidency while losing Ohio was Kennedy back in 1960. So it's been a good long time. What if the polls are wrong? A lot of people are thinking that the polls are really wrong. What's clear out there is that a lot of independent voters may not be feeling as strong as they did four years ago for President Obama. His message of hope really didn't deliver. Did the Republicans make it impossible for it to deliver? Has there been steady improvement? Was the leadership during Hurricane Sandy enough? All reasonable arguments that could force either side to come out stronger than expected in the turnout. Convincing win in the presidential election would do more to advance the prospect of a fiscal cliff compromise than a very close outcome would. So from Wall Street's perspective... We want someone to dominate tomorrow. While the winning party is unlikely to have a mandate, members of the losing party might see a convincing win in the presidential election as a popular message that speaks the desired course of fiscal compromise, i.e. Republicans or Democrats would look at whoever becomes elected and say, you know what, that's what my, that's what my constituents want. I should do the job that I told my constituents I would do versus trying to get reelected for the job. It's been very, very contentious, very, very contentious 20 years in Washington, D.C. A lot of people do believe that there will be some compromise on the fiscal cliff shortly after the election. The problem with conventional wisdom is it's not always right. And another thing to remember about it is it's going to be compromise. It's not going to produce the best outcome. There's a lot of building risk for the equity markets based on this. You know, the market's wedded to views that compromise will be reached after the election and that any compromise will produce a positive outcome. That's put a lot of faith in congressional leaders who have not been this divided since probably the Civil War. You know, no one's calling for a Let's leave the country, maybe Texas. But I can clearly tell you, at least not in the lame duck Congress, you know, the, the behavior right now, the prospect of bipartisan spirit, I'm not very certain on. It seems to be that we are a world of Fox News versus MSNBC. You have to go one opinion stronger than the other. There's no middle ground anymore. 
So the short-term consequences could be debt rating downgrades. It could be a recession induced by lack of action. You know, will it set us for longer-term growth, higher taxes, reduced spending? Would that help get the deficit under control sooner rather than later? we got to look at wasteful spending as part of the solution. It's a ludicrous concept to think that given the weak global economic growth, that it would be ludicrous to hike interest rates, to force a recession, to tame inflation. But sometimes when you do that, you lay the foundations for long-term growth. You hurt you take the pain today so that you can gain slowly but steadily over time. Paul Volcker did that. And it's interesting to note, raising interest rates to force a recession works. It's counterintuitive. But the low interest rates, they're certainly not seeming to add much as far as demand goes. Forced austerity is not priced in the market. Market participants are you know, cognizant and we're very, very, very aware of the economic and social pain of what we see in Europe. And I don't think Americans want that. You know, we did our little Occupy Wall Street thing last year. But all things considered, we have it pretty good in this country compared to Europe. So there's some tail risk out there. A close presidential race is not good for the economy. We want a mandate, as much of a mandate as we can get. Now, again, you've got to always expect the unexpected. You know, the lesson right now is that there's always risk. Expect the unexpected. As far as the election goes, the risk would be a contested election. In the case of a fiscal cliff, the tail risk is no compromising after the election's over. I can't imagine that happens. And that's that's the risk. It's the expect the unexpected kind of thing. I think it's quite possible that lawmakers won't reach compromise by January 1. And if they don't, the market will at least need to have a strong sense that compromise is going to be reached early in the new year. Remember two years ago when Obama put in that commission of, you know, help, help with the budget last year, this uh, last summer, year and a half, kind of losing track of time. And everyone's like, hey, this is, this is great. This is going to, you know, they're going to start looking at things. And there is no compromise. Right now, there's consensus that Congress is simply going to kick the fiscal can down the road as long as they can, deferring the sequest, uh, deferring everything, passing temporary extensions of the current tax policies, with the exception of the Social Security payroll tax cut. So next year, most Americans are going to be paying more in taxes. Because if you're paying Social Security payroll, if you're employed, you're going to be paying higher taxes. You know, kicking the can down the road is a better alternative than getting kicked in the mouth. But it's not much better. My kids' kids clearly are going to have to work till the day they die. Your kids' kids clearly going to have to work till the day they die. Don't make kids, right? Well, that's not the answer. I would like to tell you that we're going to know all the answers the morning of November 7th. Chances are we won't. You know, letting the fiscal cliff happen, it would be very upsetting to the equity market. We're not priced for higher Social Security. We're not priced for higher taxes, higher income taxes, higher capital gains taxes, higher health care costs. If the fiscal cliff happened, it would be a material setback to the stock market. But you know what? It would also start us on the path to a bottom. And you can't get a new highs until you put in a bottom. Bottoms are okay things. Bottoms are not – if you're under the age of 40, you're fine. 
if you're 70, bottoms are bad. Hopefully you diversified so that you're not in, in an equity bottom. So there's bitterness out there that could be a major deterrent to fiscal cliff compromise. And I think, you know, it's going to be a pretty close presidential race. I hope I'm wrong. You know, contest an outcome. I'm not coming to work. I'm taking like a month off if that happens because I'm bitter. I'm tired of talking politics. I'm, I'm bitter of talking bitter politics. Out there today, Workday shares up 2.3%, ticker symbol WDA. Why? So don't go out and vote tomorrow. Two stockbrokers initiated a cloud-based business software company with buys. William Blair gave it an outperform rating. Said, quote, we have every indication that Workday is one of those once-in-a-decade companies that comes along in software and revolutionizes the space. So check out Workday, W-D-A-Y. They offer web-based applications for human resources management. Stock's up 75% since it's gone public last month. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's keep the streak going with an awful phone call or two. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. It's Twitter, Rob Black Show. And join me Wednesday evening, Menlo Park, Menlo Grill, 5 to 7. More information can be found at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. You know, Joseph Stalin once said, a death is a tragedy. One death is a tragedy. One million is a statistic. I try to use every emergency situation as a reminder to be ready for the next emergency. I hope you do the same with your family. Because it will happen. Be very, very cognizant of it. We live in the Bay Area, and it will happen. Now, it may happen in Fremont. It may happen in San Francisco. It may happen in Stockton. It may hit Santa Cruz. I've got a friend who lives down in Santa Cruz, and uh, she has a chandelier. And you know, not, not like a big chandelier, just kind of like a chandelier kind of light in the living room. And she found in her bedroom, which a couple 90-degree turns, a piece of the chandelier. When the earthquake hit in 89, it kind of caused the thing to go circling, 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 circling. And somehow this thing landed in such an improbable place. It shows you how much movement was going on for what period of time. So use any emergency to get you, your family, your loved ones prepared for the next emergency. It's not that difficult of concept. Um, I'm not going to try to get you all crazy. But take a look at, at the world. There's intense heat, there's severe storms, there's wildfires, there's power outages. Losing power for a week is, is more than inconvenience. It creates safety issues. It creates problems with the sick and the elderly. It creates economic problems. You know, the people that had their houses washed away also had their financial documents washed away. You know, the first priority isn't your financial documents because everything could be replaced. Your first priority is getting you and your family member somewhere safe. So identify where you meet outside the home in case the home goes away. You need an emergency kit for you. You need an emergency kit for your pets. Food, water, medication, blankets, flashlights, and batteries. Keep in mind that there's going to be more expenses in an emergency scenario. Don't be afraid to get help. I've got an office in San Francisco that has my financial documents in a fireproof safe. You know, I always, always have a full tank of gas. I never go down to empty. Look at the people who went down to empty, what they're doing now. They're struggling in, on the East Coast. So have an emergency plan. Know that bad things do happen. Know that they could happen to you. Let's hope that they don't. But again, don't be a statistic. You know, I saw one of the more tragic scenarios was two friends who were walking their dog, and a tree fell on them. That's pretty tragic. So be ready for emergencies. And know that, you know, bad things can happen to you. Walking your dog, a tree could fall on you. That's how close or that's how precious this life is. And, and 
you got to put some faces to the names of the, these people of past. And again, they weren't stupid. They just made a mistake. 28-year-old Arthur Kasperk, off-duty NYPD, he rescued seven members of his family, including his 15-month-old son from rising floodwaters. He ushered them in the attic, died from electrocution. 13-year-old Angela Drash and her dad, George Drash. Last time, last year, Hurricane Irene, they evacuated, and their house got robbed, so this time they're going to stay on it. Big wave comes into the house, they drown. Because last time they got robbed. What lesson does that teach you? Those material possessions are not worth a thing. So stop accumulating them. 13-year-old girl died because her dad refused to evacuate. 89-year-old woman trapped in her flooded living room with her daughter. Rescue workers attempted to get inside for hours. So 89 years old, drowned in her living room. Now, I can imagine a lot of places to drown, but not in my living room. I was recently in some riptides that were pretty crazy. So try to put some faces to the names of, of people, and, and like quickly you're going to learn that you need to do things a little bit differently. Had a, there's a... 53-year-old guy who insisted on getting his pump in his basement working. Guess where he drowned? In his basement, trying to get the pump working. Most of these people drowned in their own homes. Four-year-old and a two-year-old, Connor Moore and Brandon Moore. Their mother's car, while evacuating, stalled in floodwaters. They had to get out and walk. She was carrying them in her arm. A surge came in and swept them away. A two-year-old and a four-year-old. Because mom didn't have the, 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 the smarts to get out early. It's terrible. It's tragic. And again, it's only 90 lives or so in rising. It's nothing compared to Katrina. But again, learn lessons. People die in their homes. People die leaving too late. I assure you, if the government even hints at an evacuation, I'm gone. Unfortunately, I live in earthquake country, and I may not have that option. So have an emergency plan and update it. If you had your emergency plan two, three, four, five years ago, get some fresh batteries. Uh, make sure everything works. Make sure the food's appropriate. So two and a four-year-old. That kills me. You're listening to me, Rob Black. I'm Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. You can follow me on Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Why the I Hate Rob Black angle? Don't take yourself too seriously in life. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Join me tomorrow. Menlo Grill at Menlo Park. You can get information from 5 to 7. No, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. From 5 to 7, Menlo Park. Information at kdow.biz. by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you died tomorrow, would your family have enough to pay the bills? Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Feel free to give me a call and we can talk about it. it be anything you want to talk about could be about Amazon.com going after the fashion world. It could be about the death of the smartphone. No. How about the potential restaurant business losing its biggest source of eaters? There's a headline that grabs you, right? Smacked down by the economic downturn, millennials are doing something that no previous generation of 18 to 34-year-olds have ever done. They eat out less. Millennials are eating out roughly once a week, less than the same age group's eating habits in 2007. That's a pretty big shift. It's a shift of biblical proportions for the restaurant industry. In the last 35 years, you can count on that age group, 18 to 34, as the biggest restaurant users. 
but not in the last five years. It's a punch in the gut to an industry that's dealing with higher food costs. It's struggling, trying to figure out how to appeal to individuals. It's a $632 billion industry in the United States. What's happening is millennials are just utterly struggling to deal with the financial effects of the recession. This, in turn, is slowing the growth of the restaurant industry. It's leaving a very, very nasty battle for the market share. Now, again, it may not be hitting you in your neighborhood. It's hitting the country, though. People are returning home with their heads down, their hands out. Statistics are jarring. Millennials will eat out 202 times annually this year versus 252 times for the age group back in 2007. Not only are adults 35 to 49 going out to eat more than millennials, but so are adults over the age of 50. And young people could always be counted on out eating in restaurants more so than any other age group. Now, that doesn't change the way you invest. I don't know what would. I, you know, the unemployment for 18 to 34-year-olds, it's about 10.8%. The national rate's about 7.9%. A lot of millennials have been forced to return home. Stocks are falling before the presidential election. Let's take a look at the market numbers and see what we got. It's not looking too pretty. The Dow is down 48. The Nasdaq's down 3. The S&P 5. Whoops. New numbers. New numbers. The Dow's up 5. The Nasdaq up 11. The S&P 500 up 1. Things have turned around. The service sector showed some slippage. The pace of growth in the service sector in the United States slowed modestly in October as new orders slipped. You probably have a service-related job. Employment improved. An industry report showed today. Hmm. Oh, tomorrow's an election. Get out and vote. And what you're hoping for if you're kind of an investor mentality like me you're hoping that one party wins just unanimously. I'm not saying which party you want to win, because that's up to you to decide. I think it's up to you to decide. So, But you want unanimous. You want kind of a mandate. You want people thinking that this is what America truly wants. You with me? Or are you against me? i got to express myself. I know you're saying, uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, express. No, 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 express. New word. Patented it. It's mine. It's in the words of Rob Black, like, murder-related. Tesla in the news today, they reported third quarter earnings. Just horrible. But revenue's up 127%, which is wonderful. Depends on what you're looking for. Hey, everybody. Come out and meet me Wednesday night at Menlo Grill in Menlo Park from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, bring a copy of your portfolio. If you're up in Seattle, fly down. Get into uh, San Jose Airport around 3. You'll be perfect. Come out from 5 to 7, 5 to 7 tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Wednesday night from 5 to 7. 100 El Camino Real, Minmo Park, Stanford Park Hotel. It's off the cuff. It's very, very informal. You'll get 10, 15, 20 minutes talking with me, and then I'll talk to someone else for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, leave a copy of your portfolio, email, and I'll send you back some thoughts on how you're looking, if you're looking good at all. Uh, you might not be, and that might be a, a wake-up call, so to speak. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're looking for a mandate out of the election tomorrow. In large part, the more people in Congress see that Americans voted for a president, Republican or Democrat, that if it's like a 60-40, which we're not going to get, if it's contested, it just means more questions. When does it get resolved? What does this fiscal cliff look like? Should I vote for the fiscal cliff? Should I vote for compromise because it's so close? You know, Congress needs to know that this is what you want. They want you to work with this guy so they can start working with that guy. I don't have anything else. Show's over, everyone. Go home. Wormer dropped the bomb. Dow Industrials joined NASDAQ in positive territory. 
There's a lot to worry about right now. There's a lot to worry about. Let's talk a little tech. Maybe later in the show we'll talk about things to worry about. But smartphone. One thing that concerns me is the new iPhone 5 was beloved. Slate's Farhad Manju called it a miracle. CNET said it's the iPhone we've always wanted. It's too glorious. When things are too good, you can only go down. You know, Microsoft released its first tablet geared towards businesses. Apple released the iPad Mini, a smaller version of its blockbuster tablet. Google came out with a new version of its Nexus tablet. Smartphones will never go away, of course, but have they, have they peaked? People need a pocket-sized device to talk. But businesses are embracing tablets. They're more useful for data entry and retrieval. They're bigger and friendlier on, for the worker to use. This is the time the tablet's going to start. We're going to talk more tablets and less smartphones as far as media goes. There's nowhere for the smartphone to go. It's too glorious at this point in time. And that commercial, whether you like it or not, from Samsung, where the guy's standing in line and then his parents come and take his place, and he goes off somewhere with his Samsung Galaxy, blah, blah, blah. That's pretty telling. Things lose their coolness when mom and dad are, are using them. So Windows, Windows 8 out. Microsoft is certainly going to sell a ton of it. But remember 1995, where were you? Everyone was so excited about Windows 95. They hired the Rolling Stones to play Start Me Up. It helped promote it, the Start button. Stones are back on tour. They're looking pretty long in the tooth, but so is Windows. People don't really care about operating systems anymore. They care about, you know, how the GPS works on their phone. We're running apps more so than operating systems. The new features of Windows 8 or iOS or Jelly Bean, they don't matter. It's the apps that matter now. So tech is changing. Apple products, there's cracks in the armor. They're starting to release some buggy product. Steve Jobs was smart, but he wasn't a god. And no one at Apple is going to be able to replace him. Apple, of course, is going to be a giant player for years to come. His company rides out its profits on the current product lines. You can find me online at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Where to find the best quarter percent one way or the other today? Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Tesla reported wider loss, more Model S production. Tesla, obviously, an electric car maker. To me, it feels frothy. Now, I, I see the stock. It's doing okay. Fremont-based company. Their loss is just too much for me to say I can invest in that. Now, again, you could. Revenue was up 16% from last year. Up 88% from earlier last quarter. I guess it's actually a Palo Alto-based company now instead of Fremont, but you get the idea. Gross margin for the quarter was a negative 17%. They're, they're losing money making cars. Now, as soon as they get the volume, 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 volume going where they want, as soon as they work out some of the kinks in production, maybe, but too early for me. Taylor Swift, worth $165 million. She's 22-year-old, and I love her. That... That would be a date that unhinges me, that rocks my sanity, right? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a look at the market numbers. How are we doing today? We were lower, then we went higher. We're going to elect a president tomorrow, or re-elect a president. Whatever term you want to use, we're going to the polls. It's a mad dash. S&P 500 is up fractions, the Nasdaq's up nine, the Dow's down three. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com, regular guest on the show. Today we're talking a little life insurance investment tip and estate planning tip. I like the tips. People like the tips. People like the easy, digestible content that Chad Burton throws out. So, well, my first tip when it comes to life insurance is uh, it doesn't work well as an investment. Okay. Now, that's one of the things insurance salespeople will do. They'll say, look, you get the insurance, but there's also an investment and a savings component, and you can borrow from it in the future. So there's a lot of bells and whistles in insurance. 
Well, yeah, right. But if somebody sells you life insurance as an investment before maxing out your 401k, contributing to a Roth, or doing a non-deductible contribution and converting it to a Roth if you're not eligible for a Roth, and they do a financial plan and the first thing they do is sell you life insurance, they are awful planners. They are not fiduciaries. They should be upfront saying, I'm not a fiduciary. Don't use my services. This is essentially what they should do. Between you and me, though, Chad, I don't think the public knows that, and I don't think insurance people know that. I think insurance people are typically high school educated. I don't think they've got any sort of degree in economics. I don't think they have any sort of degree in, in investing, which is looking into the future, whereas insurance is worst-case scenarios. Yeah. So it is just a mixing of, of theories. You know, some of the favorite people I like to hire are certified financial planners that are recovering insurance people. Like they spent a good five, ten years selling insurance. Twelve-step programs. Realize that they don't like selling and they like financial planning, but they want to do it on a fee basis. They know a lot about that industry, which you have to know to be a good planner. You have to know how insurance works. When is it right? Ninety percent of the population needs to buy term life insurance and invest the difference. But there are specific t- reasons when you buy permanent life insurance. Like if you're doing pension planning, if you have a pension that's going to go away when you die or be cut in half for your spouse, you need you, term insurance isn't going to work. You need permanent. If you have an estate issue where, let's say you're a small business owner or own a lot of property, and you die, there's a huge estate tax bill sold or due when you die, and the only way to do it is to do a fire sale on the property or the business to pay the estate taxes, that's a problem. And that's when you need life insurance held in a trust or an irrevocable life insurance trust using permanent insurance. And in fact, right now, there's such gifting opportunities for wealthy people out there that they can gift a lot of money into a trust which buys the insurance and they can cover their entire state tax bill because for 2012 and 2012 only, it looks like uh, you can gift up to $5 million bucks out of your state while you're alive without paying any gift tax. So um, the issue is, is you know, using life insurance as an investment, so many things can go wrong. They sell you this policy as an investment, right. you, showing you a ledger with great rates of return, they don't show you the other side of the ledger, which says, here's what happens if mortality expenses go up, overall expenses of the policy go up, the performance isn't good. Um, the fees can change after you buy the policy. And I've seen... And very early on, they don't, but midterm, long-term, they do. Oh, yeah. Right now, the stuff that was sold in you know the 90s is blowing up. Right. The, you know, they were sold showing 8 to 12% returns inside the investment side of the insurance policy, and that didn't happen, obviously, over the last decade. So these things are blowing up. People have put thousands and thousands of dollars into them, and they're becoming worthless. I'm with you, and uh, you know, raise your right hand. I, I, I am. I, I have term life insurance. Do you? I do. So we're financial professionals, and we've got term, and we invest the rest. So a lot of things can go wrong with the insurance product, and um, a lot of times with insurance products, Chad, the the commissions up front, whether it's an annuity product or a life insurance product, a lot of time it's take the money and run. It, it's a bad product initially, but once you have it, is it necessarily a bad product? Because the, the commission's already out of it for the salesperson and the company. Yeah, I mean, if you've got some of the older whole life policies from you know, Northwestern, New York Life, and they're the whole life good dividend paying ones, and you bought them you know, prior to you know, the 2000s, then you've probably paid all the loads, and you can look at the cash value as kind of your emergency reserves. Right. Um, you've really got to look at it. If you're spending too much and you're not able to max out your 401k or save for your kids' college or other things and you've got these policies, you've got to get a, what's called an enforce illustration. Look at it and see when does the cash value equal the surrender value Yep. Um, to see when you're able to get out of it. And uh, you also have to look at the tax consequence because if you pull, if you surrender it and you're over age, under age 59 and a half and there's more money in it than what you put into it, Yep. It's a tax consequence with a 10% penalty like an IRA, so you might have to roll it over. So quick question for you, because we're starting to wrap up here. Um, When I was 17, I dated a girl who worked for a state farm insurance guy. Mm -hmm. She was like a secretary. She's pretty hot. Um, And my adult life, I've always used GEICO and USAA, and they don't have insurance agents. They kind of have like an 800 number, call center number. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong for thinking, I don't really want an agent? I kind of would rather have a big company that gets me volume, volume, volume discounts versus an independent agent who comes to my house and gets to know me. Yeah, I would say that's, that's again, true for about 90% of the population. Um, But I like it when people get all their stuff in one spot because it, it, if you're going to get something from Geico, also get your umbrella insurance there. Don't try to piecemeal your stuff together with different, you know, discount places because you can end up making mistakes in, in values. And a lot of times to get umbrella, you have to have certain, 
coverage on your auto and home. Um, where it gets into play where you need a real good agent is if you're wealthy, you've got ranches, you've got various homes, and you need to make ranches. sure Seriously, where you and need horses. There, and certain types of coverage for, yeah. like, fire. Like people in Oregon Hill, that kind of thing. You, you need different types of coverage. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? It's a question that I ask on a regular basis. Don't be afraid to call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got an event coming up Wednesday evening, 5 to 7. It's free at Menlo Grill in Menlo Park from 5 to 7. It's a kind of a meet and greet. Bring a copy of your portfolio, an email, and I'll send you a response in two or three days after. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Equal housing lender. Call Rob Black now. Eight hundred five one six. 1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Tomorrow, election day. Depending on if it's close, I think the Wall Street won't like it. I think if it's a blowout, I think Wall Street will like it. In large part, it'll tell Congress i.e. the House of Representatives and the Senate, America wants this guy, and he wants, they want his ideas. And in theory, they're supposed to do, they're supposed to get the message. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Earlier in the show, I was talking about technology, the smartphone, how it's changing, and how it may have hit its moment where the release of the iPhone 5, I mean, when, you, when people call it a miracle, and CNET calls it the phone we've always wanted. It might be the time that tablets start making their move. More and more so penetration. What's got to be upsetting for Apple is they're okay positioned for the uh, tablets. But Amazon is better positioned. Americans do have price points. Apple's share of the tablet market slipped about 50% to about 50% in the third quarter from a 66% in the prior three months. Amazon, Samsung, all have pretty good tablets out there. Amazon lost market shares. Consumers put off iPad purchases as they waited for the anticipated release of the new model, the iPad Mini. Will they get back up to that 66% penetration? <laughs> I said penetration. I know, Beavis. I know. I like the way you um, said that. A sizable percentage of consumers are interested in buying Apple tablets. They sat out of the third quarter, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But also some cracks the uh, business model of Apple, cracks the armor. Windows, it's got their Windows 8 out now. No one cares because we're all about apps now. Can't say that completely true, but the relevance, the penetration of relevance So there's some things that have been invented that you've never heard of or never knew. I think it's important to acknowledge technology. I think it's important to, you know, important. If you go into a Pizzeria Uno's, what innovation does Pizzeria Uno's have? Well, they've got a little wireless device now on every table. That when you're done eating, you can pay for your meal by using the device. No server. No waiter. It's interesting. So you get your bill. Handheld device brought to your table by the server. 
Tells you what you owe. Mobile payment technology right there. It's not widespread in the United States yet, but it will be. The device, in this case, is made by a company called Ziosk. It's currently servicing about 5 million guests per month. Over the next 12 months, it's going to service 100 million. In the next 24 months, the expectations is it'll be up to 100 million guests per month. By using Ziosk 7's touchscreen, guests can also check into Facebook, use the restaurant's loyalty reward program, view the menu, order food, drinks, play games, read menus, view movie trailers. The company only employs 48 people. They're raising millions of dollars right now. It's secure. Your card doesn't leave the table. It costs a lot less than building your own application, and it's fun. Now, you're going to hear a lot about near-field communications in the near future, where you can tap your phone to things like Xeos and pay for a meal through your e-wallet. So your menu changes a lot. That's awesome for you. You don't have to print menus. You just have them all on that little Xeosk. What about people that use... There's a company called Loku. Now, Loku is one of those new companies that's running a restaurant. You want to change your menu, offer special happy hour. Or say you're a pharmacy or a nail salon or a gas station or a pizza shop. You want to add a new item, change your price, announce a contest, start a delivery service. This is a company that does a lot of data, spreadsheets, web-based databases. It's studying everything for your small business. Studying your database so that you can change things on the fly. Companies like Loku are beginning to bring all this data to us for very little cost. And as a, a business guy, if someone's walking by your store and you can give them a 10% discount because you're trying to get some inventory out at the end of the month, but you don't want to do a big mailer, It's pretty cool. There's a small camera company called Lytro, which I talked about last year. Ticker, uh, not ticker symbol, but it's spelled L-Y-T-R-O. It's the first consumer camera to capture the entire light field. No other conventional camera can do that. When you capture all light traveling in every direction, at every point, you can do some pretty cool things. You can focus the picture after you take the picture. So it could change the way a company like Facebook or Twitter or blogs simply work. It's interactive content. So you can like do a super zoom in on the grout if you're a business, if you're a contractor. You can pull back out to show how the tile looks from a distance, how the tile looks from close up. You can take amazing shots of fish, aquariums. So keep an eye on Lytro, Loku, and Ziosk. It's kiosk spelled with a Z. It's loco, L-O-C-U, L-O-C-U, and Lytro. Two very small businesses that are doing very big, three small, very small businesses that are doing very big things. And you've probably never heard of the companies. But again, I'm talking about how some technologies have changed for the worst. And you have to be honest about it. The iPhone's probably peaked as far as cool. How much thinner can we get? Now it's all about the apps, and it's all about focusing in on the iPad experiences. Windows, no longer relevant. It's all about the apps. Apple started to have some flaws. And you can see that they're starting to miss Steve Jobs. It's been a year plus now. They're going to be a giant player for years and years to come. The iPad Mini shows how the company's trying very much so way too hard to be innovative. It's the first in a long line of subpar products, question mark. Wintel, the good old days, Microsoft released new versions of Windows, required new hardware to run on it. That has kind of gone away, right? Intel's not as relevant. We're using a lot of semiconductors that we don't know about. Broadcom semiconductors, Qualcomm semiconductors, NVIDIA semiconductors. Intel announced this month that both revenues and profits dropped in the third quarter compared to the prior year. AMD said it's going to lay off 15% of its workforce. P 
PC shipments in the third quarter fell 8%. So the Windows, Intel, Wintel, Duopoly, just not as that important anymore. And we have proof. Cash registers, they're going the way of the dodo bird. Urban Outfitters announced last month, no more cash registers. Instead, they're going to have iPod touches and self-service iPads for customers. The woman who cuts my hair uses an iPod, uh, iPhone, and she uses a little square dongle. And she swipes it right there, and she gets paid immediately. And now you're saying, the girl cuts your hair. She's a woman. She's not a girl. Actually, she's a 12-year-old girl. Google this month made rumblings about a soon-to-be-released new version of their payment system called Google Wallet. Companies like Best Buy and Target say they're going to match anyone's price online. Retailers are discovering the benefits of tablet-based customer service. Employees just walk around the store and ring up customer sales. Customers kick the tires in the store while simultaneously checking prices online, then pay for the products themselves at tablet-based self-checkout kiosks. There's a lot of change going on, and I kind of like it. Other things to talk about today include the stock market, pre-election, Services numbers came out this morning, a little bit weaker than last month, still above 50. Mr. Romney, Mr. Obama, who's going to win? It's coming down the stretch. I just want to have a couple weeks of not talking politics. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Robblack.com. I just saw a tweet. Someone says, the BlackBerry 10 is looking promising. That can't possibly be true. That has to be faux. Um, find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Recently, you've seen some uh, energy drinks. You know, Monster Drink is bigger than the company itself, Hanson's Natural. Shifts to natural sodas was a big move from carbonated. But now it's a big shift of caffeine-charged beverages. We'll talk about this and more. Energy drinks are hot right now. market's global. The market's growing. Publicly traded ticker symbol MNST, MNST. A 14-year-old girl died after having consumed two monster drinks. Monster denies any wrongdoing. Is that an investment opportunity? You tell me. Come meet me tomorrow night, Menlo Park, Menlo Grill, from 5 to 7 p.m. Wednesday night. Oh, why do I keep getting that date wrong? Something wrong with me. Meet me Wednesday night, November 7th, 5 to 7, Menlo Park, Menlo Grill, uh, 100 El Camino. No, nothing to sign up for. More information at kdow.biz. AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Let's talk about it. We could talk about investing. We could talk about money, personal finance. Really, anything that you want to talk about is kind of good with me. Apple hired today. They said they sold 3 million iPads since Friday. That's kind of weird. They're no longer saying iPad minis or iPad 4s or iPad 3s. Just 3 million. And I, I, it's not for me to question. I guess it is for me to question. You sense that's kind of odd, right? They've had a lot of management changes there recently. I think people are starting to feel a little weird about it. Just throwing it out there for you. As you know, I own shares of Apple. Brighter outlook for the U.S. economy. For the second half of 2013, people are expecting growth of about 3%. We're also expecting higher payroll taxes in 2013, which will hit most Americans, you, who has a job. So how is this going to work? How do we avoid a nosedive off the fiscal cliff when the lower tax rates in the, of the past decade expire? If you deadlock on the issue, you'll see that there's a recession coming. A lot of uncertainty. 
only missing ingredient for a stronger economy is the political will to address the fiscal issues. I'm not looking for a lot of overseas demand. I think Europe's in a recession for up to five years. Not a recession for five years, but a very weak economy for five years. I think China's slowdown is rippling through Asia. U.S. export growth will be curbed. A 3% bump for business spending is in the offing as well. Job growth and demand remain very sluggish. There's little to no incentive for firms to release much of the $1.7 trillion they got in cash to expand factories or new offices or buy new equipment. The only jobs being created in Canada right now are government jobs. We have to rein in Uncle Sam's budget, state, local. We'll need to replace a lot of the devastation from Hurricane Sandy. And they'll give us a little bit of a bump. Tenth of a percentage point. For the second half of 2013, that's what everyone's looking at. Housing market's continuing to pick up steam right now. It should add wealth to the economy. It should nurture consumer spending. People will take out loans on their home. The Federal Reserve is going to keep mortgage rates near all-time lows. It's encouraged building and buying. Low mortgage rates does. As the year unfolds, banks will become more eager to make loans, easing an obstacle to residential construction. By year-end, GDP growth should be chugging along at a much healthier 3% pace. Though for 2013 as a whole, the yearly gain of a 2% neighborhood is very likely. Expect about 2 million new net jobs enough to push the jobless rate to about 7.5% to keep consumer spending on an upward path, albeit a weak one. No better than this year's 2% gain. GDP about 3% second half next year. There is reason to be optimistic. Now, it's not wild and it's not super encouraging and it's not, you know, I'm not, woo, it's 1999, invest like 1999. I, I just don't go that direction. I'm just not that excitable. It's a massive flaw in my personality. And I, I admit it, and I see it. Hopefully you can be as honest with yourself. Remember, to, say, to tell someone you love them, it's not enough. Actions speak louder than words. Verizon said that Sandy's going to have a significant impact on profits. Interesting, right? Like, that's not necessarily how you instantly think. Netflix at 100 times profit means it's going to be too tough to sell. It's going to be impossible to sell. Plus, they took a poison pill. They've adopted a poison pill. And ultimately, what that means is Netflix stock ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So we'll talk about that in future episodes. And if I'm wrong, I, I, you know, I'll be the first one to admit it. What else do we have to talk about today? Oh, I know. My girlfriend. Now you're saying girlfriend. Taylor Swift. She earned $57 million last year. She's worth $165 million. She's the third highest paid woman in Hollywood after Oprah and Britney Spears. Not bad for a 22-year-old. Taylor Swift's not really my girlfriend. Solar jobs are outpacing total economic jobs. I find that one interesting. Al Gore's current TV's up for sale. You got a couple hundred million to buy it. I don't even know what that's going to go for. It'll be interesting to watch. So, tomorrow, elections. That's going to be part of a story tomorrow. Again, hopefully the news bureaus aren't too quick to announce a winner. AK Steel hired today. Cliff's Natural Resources hired today. Steel producers. Paper stocks are showing weakness. When I say paper stocks, think of them as packaging stocks. Think of them as things we buy come in packages. So Rock, Tennessee got downgraded today. Down about 2%. J.P. Morgan downgraded them. But that also brought down Capstone Paper and Packaging. Ticker some chaos. International Paper. Ticker some IP. Wausau Paper. Wausau! 
is up. I know you're saying he didn't just do that, did he? I did. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Email me, Rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, tomorrow evening, we're going to be watching the elections. But the day after that, Menlo Grill in Menlo Park from 5 to 7. It's a Black Wednesday. More information at kdow.biz. It's free. Bring your portfolio. I'll get a review of it for you. More information at kdow.biz. Talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.